Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to this No Aggressive Britain podcast. This is the review show for episode 21 with Raphael Baer on big tech. I'm Progress Deputy Editor Connor Pope and I'm with Progress Digital Editor Sam Bright to look through some of the reactions to this week's show. Now, Sam, I made a subtle pun in the introduction there about snow because it's been snowing this week that most listeners probably didn't pick up on. But I know there was a, there was a lot of love online for uh, both yours and Raphael's knitwear on uh, on Tuesday. I wouldn't necessarily call it love, but yeah, there I were think, some comments. <laughs> do, do you have a specific kind of knitwear <laughs> distributor that you that you always go to? For your- I'm not I'm not tribal with my knitwear. I have to be honest. With these bitter conditions, I've actually got two sorts of knitwear huh. on today. So I've I've gone into centrist dad hyperdrive. <laughs> um, I think one piece of knitwear is from House of Fraser, and the other is from Fatface, which I, I wouldn't usually shop at Fatface. All you Fatface fans out there, but you know, I, I saw this and I thought yeah i'm gonna go for it what a mix i know um, anyway guardian columnist Raphael bear he'd come in to talk to us about big tech how it's changed digital campaigning how we hold big tech companies accountable and, and you wrote an article for the progress website this week thinking about facebook in particular and, and how we shouldn't fall into the trap of thinking that facebook is um socially responsible i just wanted to ask what you what you kind of mean by by that phrase yeah well i think that the fake news story sort of shows that Facebook only looks out for Facebook. In the weeks after the election, Mark Zuckerberg came out having analyzed some of Facebook's data and said, oh, look, you know, fake news wasn't a problem whatsoever. It wasn't our fault that Trump got elected. And then in subsequent months, um, more data was analyzed and they looked into how this content was shared. So there weren't that many proportionally fake news posts on Facebook during the election, but they were distributed massively. So actually fake news did have an impact on the election result. And Mark Zuckerberg's initial reaction was to protect his company. It was to deny any sort of responsibility and look at the superficial data rather than really delving into the problem. And I guess my my piece essentially was making the point that Facebook, although it does have a social mission, it doesn't always correspond to our collective social missions. So Facebook and other big tech companies like to pick and choose 
when they're being socially responsible. So the case of taxes absolutely exemplifies that point. So it's, it's social media, not necessarily social democratic media, is, I think is... Exactly. Which, that's, that's quite nice. I think <laughs> I should, that should have been the headline for my column. Yeah. Which obviously would be interesting if, you know, a lot of people suspect that Mark Zuckerberg has political ambitions of his own and where that kind of takes him. But so you're saying here essentially that we definitely know for sure that fake news was widely seen and widely shared on Facebook during the election, but it's just whether what role it played in actually changing people's minds and how they perceived the election that, that we we yet to determine. Is, is exactly. Right? And, and will we ever determine the extent to which it influenced people's minds? Mm. We, we, we don't know. I think lots of people like to exaggerate the impact of social media on individuals' um, political choices because it's quite sexy at the minute. It's, it's digital, it's new. But one thing we can say for sure is that fake news was spread very widely and lots of people were sharing this content and you know if they were sharing it they probably believed it mm. well speaking of people only taking interest in subjects when it suits their needs northern ireland we had a special episode of the podcast this week that listeners may have realized if they subscribed that came out on thursday morning which was a recording of an in conversation event between alison mcgovern progress chair and former chief of staff to tony blair jonathan powell now powell obviously played an enormous role in um, the northern ireland peace process as well as in restoring power sharing in stormont following the st andrews agreement in 2006 and he's deeply impressed by the approach taken by leavers to the irish border i know boris johnson had some uh, interesting quotes this week sam interesting is one way to put it yeah. <laughs> about uh, comparing the irish border to the border between the london boroughs of camden and westminster uh, obviously they are both within the same customs union and single market so there is i suppose in one sense a similarity there but no one's suggesting that one of those boroughs comes out of uh, <laughs> the single market it does seem to be something that Brexiteers have recently decided that the Good Friday Agreement essentially isn't politically useful to them anymore. I know Owen Patterson, who remarkably is a former Secretary of State for Northern Ireland, he tweeted about a week ago a comment piece from The Telegraph saying, uh, the collapse of power sharing in Northern Ireland shows the Good Friday Agreement has outlived its use. And then uh, earlier this week, he retweeted Kate Hoey, I'm suggesting that Jonathan Powell had lied by saying that uh, anyone ever suggested that the Belfast Agreement should be ditched. It seems a remarkable thing that uh, the way that uh, that leavers are now approaching Northern Ireland. Yeah, I think it's 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 farcical to some extent. I think the the line that was said this morning um, by Tony Blair actually on the Today program was was very accurate in the on yesterday morning. Sorry, yesterday morning. Yes, <laughs> yes sorry, we don't record this in advance. Um, <laughs> um, Peace is being um, sacrificed at the altar of Brexit. That seems to be spot on. Um, to be honest, they're tearing up the Good Friday Agreement or at least proposing to um, in order to achieve their hard Brexit ambitions that we know will um, cause economic um, pain for the country as it is. Essentially, they seem to find it remarkable that Republic of Ireland would be a separate nation that would act in its own interest. And every time that they or indeed many other European countries seem to be doing that during Brexit negotiations, many Brexiters seem to act aghast as though anyone would ever think to do that about any country other than Britain. But anyway, 
if you want to hear from a proper expert about Northern Ireland, do go back and listen to that special episode. It is genuinely brilliant. Jonathan also wrote a brilliant book on, on the subject called uh, Great Hatred, Little Room, which I really recommend as well. That was a recording of a live event from Wednesday this week. It was an event exclusively for members of the Progress 1000 Club. So if you're interested in joining that, go to prog.rs forward slash 1000. Or there's also the Progress 100 Club that you can join from just £10 a month at prog.rs forward slash 100 club. Okay, so Connor, what was your political pub quiz question this week? So this week I asked how many prime ministers from the last 100 years have not had university degrees. I think it was a bit of a tough one. I think we got varied answers on online, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Lots of people coming up with various different suggestions. It's not the easiest of questions we've come up with, I don't no. think. Well, I can tell you that the answer is uh, five, hopefully. <laughs> uh, the, the, the five prime ministers of the last hundred years who've not got university degrees are David Lloyd George, who trained as a solicitor, Ramsay MacDonald, who didn't finish his degree at Birkbeck, Winston Churchill, who went to Sandhurst, James Callaghan, who worked at Inland Revenue, and John Major, who took a correspondence course in banking, whatever that is. I genuinely have no idea. <laughs> no, no, that's not something I've <laughs> ever come across before. Congratulations to Terence Smith, Chris Yap, Jessica Marie, Dan Bewley, and John Barr, who got that right. Send your address to office at progressonline.org.uk, and we will stick a mug in the post for you. Now, housekeeping. If you're yet to receive your Progress mug, despite being promised one on a previous podcast, please do bear with us. We're having some issues with our mug supplier at the moment. I believe they are busy delivering chicken to some fast food outlets or something. I'm not sure. <laughs> but we will have a new batch in as soon as possible and stick those in the purse. Possibly the inclement weather is getting in the way. Yeah, that's what we'll claim. It's <laughs> definitely the weather. But anyway, remember to send in any comments and questions, leave a review, rate and subscribe on iTunes. And Progressive Britain will be back on Tuesday next week. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Progressive Britain podcast with Connor Pope and Richard Angel. The music is When in the West by Blue Dot Sessions, licensed under Creative Commons. And this episode was produced by Carolyn Crampton. of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.